Hello and welcome to A Photographic Life. Uh, this week, um, two emails, um, I think, spark the conversations and the subjects um, which I'd like to cover. The first uh, came to me from a good friend and somebody I, I highly respect and certainly is very respected in the photographic industry in uh, the UK and actually also in America, um, one of the leading and most established photo editors. Um, I'd argue there's ever been. I will uh, spare her blushes by naming her. But anyway, in a way, her name doesn't really matter. What matters at this point is the comment she made. Um, she'd been to see a number of exhibitions at the Brighton BNR, Brighton Photo Fringe uh, Festival that was occurring last week and actually continues throughout this month. And she sent me an email to say that um, it had been an incredibly frustrating day um, traveling around, uh, seeing the exhibitions. Brighton is a very small town and therefore very easy to walk around. And what had frustrated her was the lack of captions um, on photographs in the exhibitions. She wanted to know more and she felt that there were a number of exhibits that were actually being let down by the lack of clarity and context which had been provided. I posted this on social media and I was quite surprised by the level of anger actually um, and the very black and white um, opinions that were expressed by many. I think perhaps this comes around by uh, a lack of understanding perhaps of exactly what is meant by a caption and, and by that context. When I started off in magazines um, the mantra was no picture ever exists without a caption and certainly within a publishing environment the use of a caption to accompany an image uh, is essential. Within the exhibition environment and the adoption of the term of artist and the, the blurring of those boundaries between art and photography, contemporary art, contemporary photography and so forth, a lot of that theory and that understanding which uh, is appropriate to a series of paintings, has kind of been taken on by photography. And therefore, a lot of exhibitions I see also now, and also I could actually apply this to websites. Perhaps what we're talking about here is the exhibiting of photography. Um, we'll begin perhaps at the beginning of the exhibition as you walk through the door or the first um, uh, panel that you click on on a website which will give a context as to what the intentions of the photographer are, the why, and, and perhaps the how, and um, that that's enough. And then the images will speak for themselves. Of course, by doing that with some work, that will be enough. But with other work, with some work, the, the, the how and the why are important, but so are the where, the what, and the who. And these are too often ignored. And a simple caption, not a lot of writing, just saying who is in this photograph, perhaps when the photograph was taken, perhaps the year, perhaps the time of day is relevant, um, perhaps the month in the year is relevant. Um, those and the where, uh, those elements can really support that image and provide an extra level of understanding or perhaps nuance of understanding which, by not having the caption, is lost. 
a couple of comments I received were based around the if I wanted words I'd go and read a book this is about images it's kind of completely missing the point no one's asking you to write a book but we are I am suggesting and also my friend was suggesting because I agree with her about on this point I'll, I'll stake my colors to the mast on this one is that too often a series of abstract images hung on a wall actually fail they fail in the photographer's intention to actually express a narrative an opinion a stance now what i'm not saying is that there should be a caption for every image and there should be a caption for every uh, exhibition what i am suggesting is perhaps there is an over dominance of the lack of captioning at present and that the skill is actually for the photographer to address when it is appropriate when it adds to the understanding of the body of work or the singular image and when it doesn't so actually what we're talking about here is an avoidance of a format an avoidance that or a belief that by putting some pictures on a wall and a little panel uh, at the beginning that's enough sometimes it is sometimes it isn't something else i'd like to uh, respond to came uh, via an email to me this week um actually was it an email it may have been a tweet i can't quite remember but anyway it was from a regular podcast listener so um thank you very much for getting in contact the listener commented that he enjoyed the podcasts uh but he was finding it very difficult to actually he wants to work as a commissioned portrait photographer probably picking up on something I've discussed in a previous podcast, how it is, how I was discussing how it is possible to bring your own personal visual language into the commissioned world. Commissioned photography does not always have to be and is not always um, a kind of a slave trade to a uh, an art director or art editor's vision. Anyway, the, um, they asked... Um, how to get commissioned you know how how does this work because they were finding themselves repeatedly um hitting a brick wall and it wasn't working so i went and had a look at the photographer's website and immediately i could see what the problem was and i'm sure for a lot of you what i'm about to say now is either common sense or something you've known for a long time but I'm just going to go through it anyway, because it may well be for some people that um, this could be useful information. So the first problem was the website was confusing. It was difficult to understand exactly what that photographer did. There were lots of photographs there. There, were in, there was interesting work. But a clear, defined visual language was not easy for me to find. I'm putting my hat on here as a as an ex-art director, as an ex-commissioner of photography. And obviously, I have, still have many conversations uh, continually with art directors still working for magazines and advertising agencies, so on and so forth, who I've known for many years. And I know that they'll back up with what I'm about to say. Somebody commissioning you wants to really get to that website and find out who you are in as few clicks as possible. And the easier you make it for that person, the more chance you have. So that's a really key factor. You need to um, put forward who you are, 
and what kind of work you do very clearly. The second part to that is you need to understand what work is being commissioned and who is going to commission you. To, to create work in a vacuum is fine. Uh, but if your expectation, we spoke about expectation in a previous podcast, um, if your expectation is that you are going to get commissioned and people are going to give you money to take that photograph, you need to ensure that the photograph you're taking or the photographs you're taking are the kind of photographs that are being commissioned. It's an old adage, and, it, and, and I think it stays pretty true. You'll never be commissioned to photograph the photograph you could take. You will always be commissioned to take the photograph you have taken already, the one that already exists on your website, because that's or in your print box when you go to see somebody. So that's really important also. You need to find out what kind of work is being commissioned by that particular person and ensure that the work you have is that kind of work. If not, it's not going to work and you're going to get down about it and you're going to feel rejected um, and you're going to get frustrated. So that's the first part. The second part, make sure that that work is clearly identified. Again, captions on pictures. What's the name of that person? Was it a commission? Was it personal work? Uh, all of these elements are just essential to that first stage of getting commissioned. Many times over the years, I've looked at a photographer's work and really loved the work and really liked the person. But I've had to say to them, I'm sorry, but you're uncommissionable. And that, that understanding of what commissionable is and what it means uh, is key. I don't want to go into this into any great length because the idea of the photographic life is very much that it's just a, a reflection on what's going on. But I thought seeing as uh, a reader had asked that question, I'd address it. If other people want to hear more of that kind of stuff, then um, I suppose I could be really uh, cheeky and plug my own books. Um, I've written two books that cover a lot of this uh, kind of ground. The first one called The New Global landscape of photography and the second one the essential uh, uh, student guide to professional photography so you could uh, you could read those um, and there's a lot of uh, articles that I've written about this also on the um, United Nations of photography website um, from a personal perspective it's been a pretty good week we put up the exhibition at the uh, Spectrum Lab in Brighton on the outside of the building. Um, we pasted big prints, uh, Bill J. prints, with extensive text written himself by Bill, um, giving some context to the images. And that went down really well. And it was great. It's the first time I've ever done um, that kind of a pop-up exhibition. So really thanks to the guys at Spectrum for the support with that. And we also had a very um, successful screening of the Bill J film uh, at Edinburgh Napier and also at the University of Gloucestershire, where I um, also uh, teach. There are three more screenings of that film coming up in the coming months. One at the University of South Wales uh, in November, one in uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico in an SPE conference also in November and one in Tempe, Arizona, again, also in November. 
So um, if you want to find out more about that, you can always go to the website for the film, www.donotbendfilm.com. This week's guest uh, on the podcast um, is perhaps one of the great photographers, certainly one of the great UK photographers through the 1960s and 70s, um, Brian Duffy, who sadly passed in 2010. Shortly, in fact, I think it was no more than a couple of months before he did die. Um, I recorded a conversation that I had with uh, Brian um, about his views on photography and so forth. And I just thought it would be as part of this kind of ongoing occasional series of photo stories. Um, I've been revisiting a lot of those conversations and I found this little clip. It's a very, very short clip um, where Brian talks about creating one of the most iconic images, I suppose, of David Bowie. His image for the cover of Aladdin Sane with the famous zigzag uh, makeup on Bowie's face and uh, Duffy also did the graphics and designed that cover also, which is an also another interesting kind of situation where photographers move into different areas. You know, the idea that these boundaries are only just uh, breaking down. It's kind of completely false because Brian was involved in filmmaking in the 60s and all sorts of stuff. Anyway, this is just a very, very short clip. Um, I do interrupt occasionally and I apologise for that. It wasn't recorded as uh, to be broadcast really it was just recorded as a chat between brian and i so um here you go here's brian duffy and so that uh, that's how i always think of barry he has a wonderful su superficiality of mm. uh, grip but it's, it's all fat paper thin yeah but i do think he's able to capture populist uh, thinking and i designed the thing for him right and so, in actual fact, uh, my, my assistant, who came to the exhibition, uh, remembers me uh, drawing it on his face. Really? Oh, yes. Of the zigzag? Yeah. How it came off a National Panasonic. It was a trademark of National Panasonic. On oh, a Hi-Fi? No, not Hi-Fi, believe it or not. Off a rice cooker. Off a rice don't cooker? Me, don't ask me how I got in the 70s. Yeah. A rice cooker, but yeah. I had a rice Very, very uh, exotic. Very esoteric. Very, very. <laughs> but it was a National Panasonic, and they had a red and blue flash like that. Yeah. And Bowie had got his drummer. Yeah. Had a, a, a sort of flash, but it wasn't like that. It was mm. a different sort of flash. Um, not as hard-edged. Right. Uh, on his drum kit. Right. And it also came from... Uh, Elvis Presley, again, you see, using, picking up everywhere, and uh, Elvis had a ring which had TLC and a lightning flash on it. Taking care of business. Yes. Yeah. It's, a, it's fascinating. It's a fascinating story. Uh, uh, have you told that story very often about where it comes off the rice cooker? No, no, we have just this one. Nobody asked me about it. I love these stories um, which kind of give background to iconic images which uh, as we were discussing with uh, Burke Ozil was talking about in a previous podcast the Woodstock images he had to borrow the colour film from and who knew that David Bowie's zigzag Ziggy Stardust Aladdin Sane uh, persona came from a, um, a rice cooker um, I hope you enjoyed that as I said it's just a little 
snapshot, and I do apologise for constantly interrupting, but as I say, it was a conversation. Um, we'll return to these photo stories, little short snippets in um, future podcasts. And um, don't worry, the uh, what does photography mean to me uh, contributions will continue in future podcasts. Uh, the coming week, um, quite a lot going on, as always. As I said, the Brighton Photo Fringe is continuing so throughout the month. So if you are um, able to get down to Brighton, why not go and have a look at some of those exhibitions? See what you think. See whether or not um, captions, or if you're going to any exhibitions, uh, wherever you may be in the world listening to this, why not have a, a look at that and think about that idea of captioning, perhaps on your website also. Um, open up that discussion. That's what the photographic life is about, is opening discussions. Um, I never expect anybody to, or everybody, to agree with me and what a boring world it would be if we all agreed with each other. The idea of debate and discussion, I think, is what keeps everything fresh. Uh, once again, just to finish off, thanks very much. Um, I'm still slightly uh, bent double, but things are getting better. So thanks for the continued messages of support and positivity. Thanks for all of your kind comments about the podcast. It seems to be really taking off. Don't forget that you can access, uh, subscribe to and download the podcast from uh, the www.unitednationsofphotography.com website, where there are lots of articles dealing with subjects that come up uh, as part of the podcasts. You can also access it via SoundCloud. Uh, even my wife listened to the podcast. That's the, the first time it's taken 20-odd uh, episodes before she found time. But there you go. That's support. Uh, so she listened to it on SoundCloud in the car. You can do that as well if you're a commuter. Um, and also you can uh, access it via iTunes. Uh, just leaves me to say uh, thanks very much for listening again this week. I uh, hope you've enjoyed the podcast. podcast and uh, take care.